It's another Sunday night in comedy quarantine, and this week in Toronto would normally be TIFF, the biggest film festival arguably in the world, or at least in Canada, except it's not happening this year due to a little thing you might have heard of called COVID-19. So tonight on Inside Jokes, this is our comedy answer to the Toronto International Film Festival. We are highlighting some of the most absurd and surreal sketch comedy films to hit the internet in some time. It is effing idiots and murderous Alaskans. Tonight, I am Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, coast to coast, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network, if you happen to have K-Internet. We are, of course, still in quarantine. We're still doing the show remotely, playing it safe. We are here at Casa di Tedesco in Toronto's Little Italy. I'm here with our producer, Vince Tedesco. How are you doing this week, buddy? Has anyone Google mapped my house yet? I don't even I know. So. Yeah, that's, you know what? That's probably a better way even than the ratings book to find out how many listeners we actually have. Yeah, we'll get like four middle-aged Italian ladies showing up outside your house. And uh, that's it. That's our base, man. They're probably coming in from washing their driveway. (laughs) (laughs) Are you in Little Italy? Are they hosing the driveway? No. Oh, I'm in. They're they're raking the lawn. That means I'm in Little Portugal, sweeping the lawn. But anyways, so Vince, we're doing something a little bit different tonight. We're doing sort of our comedy answer to TIFF, which would be happening right now. But like every other major festival on the calendar this year, it is gone (laughs) or on pause. No JFL, no TIFF. This this time of year in Toronto, normally there's like festivals overlapping, and we're, we're the studio is just filled with famous people. Yeah, I miss like all the TIFF parties and all the like the gala events and all the world premieres, and none of that is happening this year. Yeah, to clarify for our listeners, uh, in five years of this show, we've literally never been invited to any of that, anyways. But still. <laughs> So tonight, Vince, we have a couple of guests with a couple of very strange, very surreal comedy films in sort of our tip of the hat to the film festival. And we're just going to find out what these projects are all about, where these ideas came from, and what it's like releasing an indie film in a time where a lot of festivals, of course, are put on pause or have been moved back. So what that's like in the online world right now. So we're going to keep started with Christina Sicoli, who, of course, has this new feature film, Effin' Idiot. I'm sure you can Google it and find out what that full word is. We're going to talk to Christina and kick it all off right here on Inside Jokes. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Even if you're sitting in the back row of the theater, it's probably fine. We're switching it up for them this week because this week we're talking films. We're talking short films, feature length. It is our quote-unquote comedy nod to tiff which would normally be happening right now uh but this week we're getting into some very original in some cases very surreal comedy films uh that have hit the screens this year big and small and of course hit the hit the internet during what would normally be festival season first up we have on the line from out of vancouver christina sicoli how are you doing christina i'm doing fantastic how are you we're good. I mean, so it is interesting. I mean, the whole summer, obviously, we've been checking in with comics all over Canada and the U.S. and and beyond. And of course, summer and going into September is always festival season. It's always, you know, the juggernaut that is JFL in Montreal. And then in September here in Toronto, you have JFL 42. And of course, right now, TIFF. All of this stuff is on pause, but we've still seen such a huge sort of mass 
release of all these interesting projects, a lot of films that comics and sketch performers either shot right before COVID happened or had on the back burner, and a lot of new stuff just hitting online platforms. And of course, you have this film, Effing Idiot. It's going to be really hard not to say the full name, but I'm pretty sure our listeners can fill in the blanks. So what what was the whole what's the whole concept behind this film to begin with? So Effing Idiots, it, it's about a married couple in crisis who seeks their friend's help to punish themselves for their disastrous state of personal affairs. And uh, this was a play. So I read the play a few years ago by the writer Chris Elstrand, who's a very yeah. talented writer. And anything he does, I'm always like, Chris, can I be in this? I want to be in this. I got to make this. I love it because he writes such great characters. And um, so we read it as a play. And then I think about a year or two years later, um, my husband and I were talking to Chris and we were saying, you know, maybe, maybe we can do this, but shoot it as a film. And so we, they changed a little bit of it and then we shot it as a film. We rehearsed it a month before with the actors um, as a play. So we would rehearse it in our apartment. This way, when we got to set, we had eight days to shoot it. So bang, we got on set and we were able to shoot it. I don't think we would be able to have, like we wouldn't have been able to do it if we didn't have that rehearsal process. Um, but yeah, we made a film and, you know, it, it was hard, but it was great. <laughs> Eight days, though, I mean. Yeah, eight days. Wow. So, I mean, obviously, originally, this was something that, yeah, it was going to be a live, it's a a theater show, it's a live show. You're shooting it in eight days. How much, like, putting it on camera and making that decision to turn it into a film instead, how much of a different animal did that become? Because, obviously, doing it in that intimate setting and sort of keeping that same original feel to the material Mm-hmm. It's a very sort of stripped down thing to put to film, but how much did that change the whole tone of the thing and the way that you guys played off of each other? Well, we shot it in one location, and I I think in the film it was there was we made sure we the the rooms that we shot in were pretty much constricted, so we stayed either it was in the basement, up the stairs into the kitchen, moving into the living room, so everything was pretty confined, and the cast was four of us. So we were able to, you know, build that chemistry and 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 work relationships the month before, you know, because usually when you go to set, you might have met your, you know, co-host, your co-host, your co-star um, on the on the on the time, you know, maybe you were just doing a, uh, the reading of the film. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're shooting where it's here. We had a month before to build on the relationships and the characters and really talk about the themes and. And then once we started shooting, it was go time. And yeah. I love that. I, I mean, it makes me think of so many examples, even some Canadian ones. I mean, uh, more than a few years ago now, but there was a great film called Way Downtown, where it was all this group mm-hmm. of office workers in Calgary that had a bet on who could go the longest without leaving their office and going outside. Yeah. Uh, Treed yeah. Murray was another great one. The entire thing takes place mm-hmm. in a tree in a park here in Toronto. But there's so many great examples of these films that are, they're narrowed down to one setting. They're narrowed down to a very small cast and everything is completely centered on the richness of the dialogue. And just the fact that you are just watching these characters sort of grow and change and go through a situation in that one static moment. Totally. In one night, it was, it was over a night basically. So, you know, wardrobe was basically the same. So we got to work with, you know, minimal um, wardrobe, wardrobe, 
And yeah, it was great to just shoot in one location. So you're driving to this one house every single day. And it just proves, you know, I know when I write, I'm usually like, oh, different locations. And I I don't want to restrict any sort of location as to where I want the characters to be sometimes, where sometimes it's like, no, you know what? It's kind of like improv when you're given one location, uh, a relationship, and an object. And that's it. And you just take that and run with it. Yeah. Like, I sometimes challenge myself to do that. Okay, well, if I have these two characters, one location, here's the object, you know, what's a 10-minute short on that? It's kind of an exercise I play with to to see what I can, you know, write, even if it's just like a 10-minute short film. For you, for something, for a project like Effing Idiot, I'm just going to have fun yeah. saying that the whole time. But for yeah. something like this, I mean, because you yourself as a performer, I mean, you're always, you're spinning a lot of plates. You're an actress, you're a comedian, you're a writer, you're also a visual artist. So how much do all of those sort of sides of what you do and all those different pursuits sort of get to feed oh. into a project like this? Everything. Everything. I have to, you know, I, I couldn't just be an actor. I I couldn't just sit there and wait for something. Um, I always treated it like, uh, you know, your auditions, you do, you, you make choices. You can't really hold any stock in it because you only have certain control of the 12 pages you get to learn. You know what I mean? Even if you're not given yeah. a script. But so you just do them, you do, you know, you do it and you, and you just keep moving forward. And as long as I have all these other talents that contribute to my whole, I feel like these are all all things that I can utilize when performing or when painting and um, doing anything live, it all comes in handy. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, it's kind of building, building all these tiny little characters within myself, all these little faucets of creativity for sure. And for you, I mean, we obviously during this, we've, we've talked to uh, of course, a lot of standups, which is very, you know, that's always sort of a lone wolf mentality and it's, you're out there on your own trying to sort of, carve your own path we've also talked to a lot of sketch and improv people and for them during this whole period where you know live shows weren't happening and stage shows weren't happening people who need to be in that room together bouncing concepts off of each other and rehearsing and feeding off of each other's energy and writing together for you you kind of do a bit of both i mean you work independently and you also work in these settings where you're playing off of other actors or you're playing off of a live audience this whole sort of time period in covid which a lot of people were forced to use as writing time do you miss that ability to be able to sit down in a room with people and just have that collaborative thing happening? Oh, for sure. Cause right now it's just my husband and I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, we're both in the industry and we are just saying, you know, at the beginning when the pandemic had happened at first, I was like, Oh my God, maybe this is great. We can just like, we're confined to our spaces and we can really bang out some scripts and do, you know, and then it's cut to five months later where your husband and you are doing live diary reads from your living room. Yeah, just just trying to, like, keep that sort of energy going and bouncing those ideas off of each other. Yeah, so we, you know, at first we were, were, every week we would do these diary reads that I had and making it live in the living room with David and Christina. We were doing that on Instagram, (laughs) you know, you get, like, 10 people watching. But just to keep those juices going, um, yeah, I think it's really tough. And I think as performers and creators, you're, you know, you're, you're people, you're a people person, but you're also a loner for me. I like my alone time, but I also need that energy from other people to collaborate and do things. And, 
it's a really weird time. You're, you know, we're taping auditions here. We're not actually going in the room. So I, I miss the hustle bustle of, can I take the car? I'm going to go now. Do you need the car? Can you pick me up at four? Cause I'm going to be here. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's really weird. There's lots of conversations with yourself or, you know, or whoever you're living with. And um, what's great is we understand uh, the business and how to be creative. And we're pretty disciplined in that sense. But there's also those moments of what are we doing? How can yeah. we plan to make another movie? Like what, you know, we haven't, booked, we haven't booked work. Like what's, it's difficult. It's really hard. It is. And I think we've both, been feeling it more and more the past week and also forgetting that we do have this festival and that we did make something and that people can watch it from home which is the beauty of technology and and finding ways to still you know put put creativity out there um because otherwise yeah it's 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 pretty sad you you can't go to theaters you can't watch live stuff and even if you do it's 10 people in a place you you miss that um that room full of laughter and 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 playing off other people for sure for sure it's true but it's a different way to sort of release stuff out in the world right now that we're all sort of adapting to we're going to come back with more christina Sicoli and more effing idiots right here on global news radio 640 toronto Hey, this is Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you are listening to Inside Jokes, Pants Optional. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, coast to coast, Canada wide on the Global News Radio Network. It is our comedy tip episode, kind of. Or at least we're talking about good new independent comedy films that have hit festivals, yes. But right now in the time of COVID, that are just exploding onto the online platforms. We, of course, have Christina Sicoli out of Vancouver on the line with their film, Effing Idiots. I almost said the thing, <laughs> the whole thing right there, Christina. That I would have beat you. I would have went, five. But yeah, before the break, we were talking about how, you know, yourself and other people who work in those worlds of sketch and improv and collaborative writing and, and not, just the, not just the absence of feeding off of a live audience, but also that absence of being in the room with other performers and other writers and sort of workshopping these concepts together. Uh, like we were talking a couple weeks ago to people from Second City, and they said, well, you, you have to sort of adapt to what's going on right now. So they're, they're doing a new season of live shows this September where the entire cast have been rehearsing basically via like zoom meetings. So none of them have mm-hmm. actually physically been in the room together until they hit the stage. Yeah. yeah I mean, it completely changes it. It completely changes it, but you know that if this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. And, and um, I think in the beginning, uh, what was I say? Yeah, we were doing some live stuff here. Um, I did a class on zoom, which was kind of weird, but yeah, yeah you know, this is a situation like you you can complain about it, which oftentimes, you know, there's moments where we all have, but it's also, there's a beauty in actually narrowing down what you really want to focus on and what you really want to work on. And I think this time too has also given a lot of people and especially myself that opportunity to really hone in on, yeah, what's really, really making me happy right now. You know, who don't I have to deal with anymore because I rarely see them or, um, what do I really, really want to focus on and put out there instead of having a hundred ideas? Let's just narrow it down to the things that are actually making me tick and, 
you know what, if I can do something over Zoom with someone, I don't know, maybe there's just a live play reading for an hour or or whatnot, but at least you're, you're, you know, as creatives, you have to, you still have to keep going, which it's hard, but using these different environments and these different times to, to do it, something different is going to come out that maybe you didn't expect. Well, and I think, I mean, it's, uh, there's been a lot of people we talked to and I, I find standups especially because in the, in the sketch world, that sort of lends itself in a way more easily to, you know, putting out digital shorts or whatever it is and putting out online content because you can sort of find an audience there for stand-up it's a bit of a stranger crossover and we've talked to a lot of comics from sort of every corner of the industry who said you know this is sort of this strange growing pain thing where uh they were they were very reluctant to you know jump on a tiktok or jump on a zoom or do these live streams or whatever the case may be because there's I, I think people feel silly about it in a way where they're like does this even matter am i just a kid sitting at the kitchen table with you know a pack of crayolas definitely. but oh, then you definitely. look at it i mean it's everybody in the entire everybody's in the same boat i mean american late night all of those hosts are doing yeah. the show from their living room and the, the flip side of it is yes it is absurd and it is this weird surreal thing that we're living in right now it won't last forever but the flip side of it is there's also an audience. There's an audience at home that wants this content and that is tuning in and that, you know, we're trapped in this weird 24 hour news cycle right now and Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff where all it is every day is just pandemic, pandemic, protests, Trump, the polar ice caps are melting. Yeah. People need to tap out of that stuff and people want to be able to, especially while we're all stuck in this sort of weird stasis right now, people want something to turn to and to, and new content to take in. Of course, I think exactly. Um, I, I re- like watching Jimmy Fallon or, um, you know, a couple of the hosts. I was like, oh, I kind of love seeing their kids in it. It really makes it more personal and more people sitting at home can relate to, oh, wow, he is a dad and he's just trying to, you know, introduce the show. His kids have the crayons, trying to stick them up his nose. Um, I was finding too, you know, even doing the online stuff, there was a moment where I was like, I don't know if I can feel like being funny right now. Like, is this appropriate? Should I be putting something out there when the world seems so heavy and serious? I mean, guys, we still need to laugh. We still need to, you know, there, there is, I had to get off social media. Um, I mean, I'm not on Facebook, but when everything hit, it was so, so heavy and people went into fight or flight, right? Got to do this, got to do that. Uh, so much. Uh, let me do four workout classes a day because they're free, and I can do something in LA or New York. Or oh, let's do this, this, this. How much can we get done? It was too much. It was just over, overstimulated. And I usually overstimulate myself anyway through yeah. all the things I wanted to do. But it was too much, and then you know it died down a bit. And then you know, then there's an amazing movement that's happening, which affects how you're thinking about things, how you're waking up and realizing, oh my gosh, like. I can't say certain things or the things that I thought I was saying right aren't right. And, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of self work on, on this time as well. Right. So yeah, there was an overhaul of all this stuff. And actually last night we were watching Arrested Development and we were laughing and I was like, Oh my God, like the jokes that they told then you, I don't even know if you can say that right now. You can't say that right now. You, Probably not. It, yeah. And it's not that long ago, but you think it about it. It's not that long ago. Yeah. And you know, that show was so well written. It's so well made. The characters are amazing. And you're laughing every, you know, three, two minutes and one minute. And then, um, 
yeah, you're like, oh, my God, they can't say that now. That would never fly now. It, Even, you know, it, it's it's nuts. But, you know, change does have to happen. But we still need to we still need to uh, have the funny and have the dark, you know, the dark and the light. And that's why I like what I like about this movie. It's it's you have dark and light in it. You're you're laughing and you're also like, holy shit. What? Oh, I swore. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, you need both, but you still need to laugh. You need to laugh. Otherwise, you're going to go nuts. You do. And I mean, it's it's life. It's the bringing this real stuff to light. I mean, you know, life is messy. That's, every, you know, there's comedy and there's there's tragedy. I mean, Arrest Development's a great example. It's something like that that's so, and there's so many layers to it, and there's so many little Easter eggs in there where you could go back and watch it a million times and find something new that hits. But I think right now, because collectively we're just at this sort of like a boiling point culturally right now on so many levels and on so many fronts where all of this stuff is just sort of finally oozing to the surface, and we're yeah. going to have to wait until things sort of settle down to, to sort of reprioritize and figure it out. I do think one, and I mean, especially talking to people in comedy, where you know, in comedy, especially in Canada, because we're all going after such limited things and we're all really just trying to make a go out of it in, you know, a smaller industry that is, of course, dwarfed by our neighbor in the States. There's such a premium put on just constantly the grind, 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 grind. What's my next project? What's my next project? This whole thing has forced people to sort of step back. Our attention spans have become really short because we, you know, this is the uh, I love turtles and Charlie bit my finger generation right now. (laughs) So, yeah. It's forced us to sort of step back and look at real life again and go, okay, we actually need to sort of relearn how to slow it down and sort of just live in the moment again. Oh, of course. It's also those thoughts of do I need to really be in the city right now? You know, Um, it's just not, it's not the same feel. You don't need to actually physically do what you needed to do in the city, maybe, well, before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I think personally it's, Definitely, there's a lot of um, soul searching and a lot of what what do I really need right now, and why am I putting all this pressure on myself when the world is burning? <laughs> and yeah, well, we have we have forest fire here, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's it, it's putting a pause, putting a break on, um, like I said before, what what do we really need to focus on as artists, but still make money? And if I, you know, if I'm turning to other outlets for money. For me, it always has to be in the vein of what's making me happy because I've, you know, we've all been there doing stuff where you're just, you want to, you you just want to throw yourself against a wall when you're not happy doing it. So I try yeah. to, going back to what you were saying before about being the painter and the artist and performer and creator, it's, I, I think it's just so healthy to have different facets of yourself for you to grow in different ways where you can utilize all your skills and tools and otherwise, you know, you're going to be happy. You're going to be unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. That's important to you. And to be able to purge some things out. I mean, there's, you know, it'll be an, it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out of 2020 as far as just art goes and creativity. Cause I mean, right now it's like, forest fires and hurricanes and oh, pandemic yeah. and Trump and you know Black Lives Matter yeah. and defund the police like all of these things just on a daily all over the place so I mean it'll be interesting to see you know what such a groundswell mm-hmm. 
surreal year this has been. What what stuff comes out of this? I mean, what people are going to come up with. Speaking of which, of mm-hmm. course, it is. A, I mean, it's a different time right now than there normally would be to to market a film like this. I mean, you don't have the festivals necessarily to send it out to. You don't have screenings, but of course, you have this whole mass online platform, and you do have this mm-hmm. sort of literally <laughs> captive audience right now. So before we let you go, Christina, where can people actually, where can people find Effing Idiots and also check out some of your work as well? Sure. Well, my work is christinasacoli.ca. Um, so online I have all my art stuff and, you know, filming TV stuff. And um, vif.org uh, is where the film will be playing online September 24th to October 7th. And we actually have two live screenings in Vancouver. So September 30th, if you're in Vancouver, Van City and Cinematheque, 8.45 p.m., and they're playing simultaneously, just with COVID rules. There's a 50, 50 people max in each theater, which also, yep. you know, we're grateful to have, but it's also so different, too, right? But, um, yeah, there'll be a Q&A after the Van City uh, release. So That's it'll perfect. be fun. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, it's like the rules are a little bit different, but just the just the fact of being able to go and screen your film in a theater again and have that yeah. audience reaction. I mean, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. It's so good to see this stuff sort of slowly coming back. Christina Sicoli, yeah. thank you so much for joining us tonight and being a part of our quote unquote comedy tip here in Toronto. Thank you for having me. You know, it's it's, it's been a four-person festival this year, but there you go. Yeah. Thank you so much. We can't wait to check this out and uh, and just obviously see you get back to doing all the things that you do and, and getting audiences back out again. Uh, thanks for your support and it's been great talking to you. Thank you. Stay safe. All right, we'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. We'll be right back on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey there, this is Christina Sicoli. You're listening to Inside Jokes, and don't be an effing idiot. Just check out my film, Effing Idiot. <laughs> Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is, of course, our comedy tip kind of episode. Thank you again to Christina Sicoli out in Vancouver. Don't forget to check out her film, F an idiot. I can't say the whole word because this is pseudo-conservative Sunday Night Talk Radio, but I'm pretty sure you guys at home listening can figure that out for yourselves. We're going to switch gears now, though. We have another film, which I just watched. It is hilarious. It is absurd. It is bizarre. It is Alaska, brought to you by Templeton Philharmonic, also known as Gwen Phillips and Brianna Templeton, who are on the line right now. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're good. Doing great. I, I, I watched this. The I watched this like last night uh prepping for the show and i mean obviously well first off you guys when did you guys shoot this even because i know a lot of people have these shorts and these digital all this digital stuff and short films that that were obviously shot pre-covid that we're sort of just releasing now because you have an entire planet of people that are stuck at home watching stuff so how long ago did you guys actually do this i guess it was Ah. january 2019 I remember yeah, okay. it was it was very cold <laughs> that day. Yeah, it, it actually worked with the uh, with the title because it was extremely cold outside, so that was good. <laughs> how how did this whole concept come about? I mean, obviously, 
not just you guys, not just Templeton Philharmonic, but there's a lot of Canadian sketch people that a lot of our listeners who watch this will know. A lot of them have done the show before as well. So, I mean, you're collaborating with people that you usually do. You're sitting in a room bouncing ideas off of each other. How did Alaska specifically come about, though? Like, how long did you guys have this whole concept for? Um, we actually had been talking to Chris Wilson for, uh, you know, a few months about collaborating on something new because we had worked with him uh, a few times in the past. Um, he has a sketch duo called Peter and Chris. So uh, we had done something with them, you know, like I want to say 10 years ago. <laughs> and uh, and so we wanted to do something new and we were just sort of like bouncing around different ideas and and I think maybe we were even out for a drink and we we cheered and I think we were like, oh, that's actually very funny. We've always wanted to do something with like the etiquette around cheersing and how that could escalate. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, which I mean, so, not to give anything away, obviously, but yeah, that plays, that's a big, that's a big part of the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, just playing with like eye contact and, and social anxiety and and uh, and then we just sort of thought like wh- who are the people that we really want to work with the most and you know uh, Shargel and and Chris and and everyone and so we're like we might as well just put something together as fast as possible and we found a uh, we got the location through a friend of mine and yeah it just kind of like came together pretty quickly I want to say within like a couple weeks maybe. <laughs> Which is, I mean, and now it's interesting, too, because, I mean, obviously a lot of what we've been talking about today, and we were talking to Christina about this earlier, right now, this time of year is normally, you know, we're, we're coming out of comedy festival season, and we're also going into film festival season. So normally, a short like this, you would just be sending everywhere and trying to screen it as many places as possible. Obviously, yeah. a lot of that is still on pause. We don't have a lot of these festivals. You, you guys are screening this at JFLD, my shorts competition, this, this October. So it's weird. You yeah. can't you you can't send this out to the normal like indie film festivals and have it screen in theaters. But right now we also do have a ton of people sitting at home looking for new comedy content and digital content to watch. So it's totally, sort of a yeah. sort, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's it's true. It's like there's the, there are the pros and the cons in terms of like oh it, like for example, Alaska played at the Toronto After Dark Film Festival which not Mm -hmm. to give things away, but even though it's a comedy short, it ends up skewing a little bit into the horror genre too, um, (laughs) which is kind of a fun, unusual thing. So we got to do that festival in person, which was great. Um, Screen it in front of people, but, um, and it played at JFL Northwest where it won um, the award for best worldwide short. So that's why it's going to be playing at JFL and we're all like, yeah, we're going to go to Montreal. We're going to yeah. be in all these crowded rooms with all these people. And now we're like, Oh, never mind. So while well, we were lucky bad. that we were right on the cusp yeah. of like, you know, yeah. we got into a couple of festivals right before everything hit. So exactly. it kind of had the best of both worlds in a way. Not that there's really the best version of the other world, but you know, <laughs> but it's true. You had the best COVID. <laughs> we have had the best COVID of anyone. No, that sounds yeah. terrible. Um, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, this year it's going to be uh, JFL's like all digital. Um, so that means you can watch it from wherever you are. You don't have to be in Montreal or JFL 42 in Toronto. You can watch it from the luxury of your own couch. And I believe all the programming is free too. So that's pretty well, great. That's too, like talking to, I mean, 
especially a lot of people in sketch and improv and, and a lot of people from Second City as well uh, over the past couple weeks. It's sort of this weird thing where you have this at-home audience. For stand-ups, it's been a very strange sort of adaptation to, oh, now I have to do this live stream on Zoom or on TikTok or whatever, and there's nobody in the room, so I just have to see what emojis are coming up. Yes. <laughs> but for sketch and improv, it's like, yeah, obviously you, I'm sure you guys miss that live audience and being able to feed off of the room, of course, but there is sort of that built-in platform where it's tailor-made really to put out digital content like this. Like you could Absolutely, have it yeah. blows up. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, Brianna and I, over the course of the last six months, I guess, uh, is that how long it's been? God. Um, ish, I guess we've been still writing and, and creating stuff. So that's been really good because I think that you have to kind of stay busy because it's, I don't think sketch really lends itself that well to Zoom shows. Although, yeah. you know, I have done a couple shows. It's been fine, but, you know, it's a little awkward. And I like it when they do kind of like let a couple people speak or, or they turn on their mics so you can hear them laugh at least. You hear like one person laugh. And that's better than nothing. Um, but I think it's good to always keep creating stuff and writing stuff. So we've been, we're working on some new stuff now. See what happens with that. Who knows? But you know and that's definitely something i was curious to talk to you guys about and we'll we'll come back and break with this but just what that whole process is like in i mean obviously some of that is sort of coming back now but in this whole period where nobody was allowed to be in the same room with each other we're going to come oh, back yeah. with more templeton philharmonic gwen and brianna right here on inside jokes we'll be right back on global news radio 640 toronto Hi, this is John Oakley. Just thought I'd stick around in the studio for inside jokes to die for right here at 640. Now, back to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Vince, should we do the jingle? It's been a while. So your eyes can have it all jingle? Yeah. Just as long as you're six feet away from me and wearing a mask? And we don't moistly sing <laughs> to each other. We have we have Gwen and Brianna on the line. Do you guys, everybody's familiar with the Hakeem oh, jingle, yeah. right? I think oh, I yeah, do. As soon as you said right. it, I was hearing it in my head. Yeah. I will, I'll kick it off. Whoever feels like joining in, since we're all in different places, feel free. But brought to you by Hakeem Optical. Your eyes. Your eyes. And then it's a little like. No, yeah, season five, we have lost our sponsor, Hakeem Optical. Um, <laughs> by the way, as a side note, I love that, you know, earlier, of course, you guys we were talking to Christina Sicoli out in Vancouver about how we sort of need escapism too in, in comedy to stream right now because the whole world is melting and falling apart in real time. But isn't it great that in Canada, our biggest political controversy during covid was the fact that our pre- prime minister used the word moist i thought that was so canadian of us yeah that was really? that was a huge news point for sure everybody <laughs> everyone was either like "Ooh, he said moist or "Ew, he said moist or like both <laughs> yeah it was so titillated. they were either titillated or disgusted <laughs> it was so quaint of us so i loved it but anyway so you guys yeah you have this new film uh the short film alaska which did get a chance to go out and hit some festivals before everything sort of went on pause it will be at jfl's eat my shorts 
this October. For you guys, though, I mean, we're talking before the break. Obviously, everybody misses a live audience and being able to feed off of that. Um, like we were talking to the Second City, the this year's main stage cast that are, of course, coming back this fall. They've been rehearsing and writing this entire time without ever having been in the room together. And a couple of the new wow. cast members haven't even met each other, and they won't do yeah. so until opening night. For yeah. Like, how has that process been for you? I mean, I'm sure obviously you're both still writing together and you're creating stuff together, but during the time when you couldn't be in a room feeding ideas off of each other, how different of a process was that for you? I mean, it's definitely very different because we usually we work like literally side by side. And so, you know, I think there, there's a whole other aspect of writing where you're in the room there's like you know obviously when you're with someone in an actual physical space you can you can feed energy off each other and it's just a different vibe whereas like over zoom there's just sort of like this stilted kind of energy and it's like okay well how much do we really want to spend online like you know it's kind of (laughs) different vibe like it's just a different sort of like awkward vibe but we did we were able to kind of make it work right (laughs) <laughs> oh, definitely. And I think um, Gwen and I, we have a bit of a an upper hand in that we have a bit of a weird mind meld going on with our writing anyway. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we'll fi- finish each other's sentences, like, in the same yeah, document, and it works. But, um, yeah, we there was a period where I don't think we saw each other for, I think, three months. Like, we'd yeah, only seen each other resume. And then we saw each other in person, and it was so emotional. And like, oh, my God, we still can't touch each other. But we realized we were wearing exactly the same outfit by chance. <laughs> we're like, well, we're both wearing green sundresses. Green with, like, sundresses with, like, sun a big hat. sun hat, yeah. I found the, the most cool. awkward thing was uh, I, I did one of those. I attended one of those, you know, like, Zoom parties. And oh, yeah. Yeah, being being in my late thirties, one of my favorite things to do is discreetly leave house parties without telling anybody. Oh yeah, you it was, can't do it's that. It's so hard to do that. You can't do that. Very hard. No, you you can't ghost unless you're like, oh, I guess my connection was bad. Oh. oh. <laughs> so yeah. They just watch you walk out of the room, and that's it. Which is exactly what I did. And I think it's also terrible because it feels like it, on Zoom, it feels like everyone's looking at you. Even though they're probably yeah. not, but it's just like you don't, you can't tell who has the floor, like or who's top. I don't know. It's just, just awkward all around. It's very uncomfortable. Speaking of uncomfortable and disastrous house parties, check out that segue. Alaska. Woo! Where can people, where can people stream Alaska? And of course, check out Templeton Philharmonic and and what you guys are up to. Um, so for it's going to be playing uh, as part of JFL's uh, Eat My Shorts competition, which is happening October 9th and 10th. So check out hahaha.com for more details. <laughs> um, and then you can watch Alaska. And we're the Templeton Philharmonic. You can find us on Instagram at, at Templeton Phil and on Twitter and our website, templetonphilharmonic.com. Excellent. Thanks so much, you guys. And everybody at home, definitely check out Alaska. It's very funny, and I again, without giving anything away, you, I really don't think that you'll be able to tell what direction it's going in. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We we can't wait Thanks to see you back us. up on stage, Thanks. doing what you do, and getting back Thank out there. You. But it's it's nice to hear that Alaska has already made the rounds a little bit, and that it'll be coming back out there in October, and people can see this. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so much. much. Guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thanks again to our guests this week. That was our comedy take on TIFF, and of course. 
Yes, festival season is on pause, but it is nice to see there's screenings happening again. There are digital festivals and live streams happening. So stuff is coming back around. And in the meantime, those are some great Canadian comedy films to check out right now. Thank you so much to Christina Sicoli out in Vancouver and, of course, Templeton Philharmonic here in Toronto. That is our show. And don't forget, you can check out all of our episodes, Season 5, right back to the very beginning on Global News Online. We'll be back next Sunday. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring the Templeton Philharmonic. At Proactive Salad Solutions, we know it can be hard to get through the day. But we also know that a healthy diet filled with veggies. That's what we here at Proactive Salad Solutions call vegetables, for short. And fruities. That's what we here at Proactive Salad Solutions call fruits for fun can make a world of difference when it comes to your body's health and your brain's fitness. Remember, nutrition needn't be boring. No way! At Proactive Salad Solutions, we want you to get proactive with your salads by finding solutions. Fed up? Sure am. Try some feta. Then add chrysans. Say, are you trying to lose that pesky half your body weight? You bet. Well, try saying yes to the dress ink. Explain! Well, by dressing, I'm referring to that silky, slinky, size 2 number you have your eye on at the mall. And by yes, I mean eat salad. Postpartum depression got you down. Turn that frown the other way. Are you tired of crying all the time? What about lying all the time? Have you been lying about your crying all of the time? Well, say au revoir to your regrets with a nice vinaigrette. Then add chrysanthemums. Are you up to your eyeballs and credit card debt? Add even more interest to your plate with mushrooms. Flesh-eating disease? Snap out of it with snap peas. Ditch that iceberg lettuce and try some romaine and you'll feel right as rain. Then add crisis. Call now and get your own overbearing 12-step self-help program from Proactive Salad Solutions. Step 1. Try to actively incorporate more salad into your daily routine. Steps 2 through 12. Keep it up by actively incorporating more salad into your daily routine. You can get tips like these and tips like these. Call now and get your very own BPA plastic salad bowl with motivational quotes written on it like why aren't you eating more salad? And people who are better than you have eaten more salad. And always remember, anything is possible. Is a salad. salad.